Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison, and this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound positive changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching and spiritual counseling. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform, just the desire to make positive changes and grow. I'm an ordained minister, and I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together, we can do the work to recover our souls. Okay, who's ever heard slogans like easy does it, keep it simple, first things first. These are some of the slogans that you might find in an Alcoholics Anonymous or an Al-Anon meeting. And I have found the slogans to be really helpful for me. So even if you are not in 12 step, then I still think that the slogans can be really helpful to sort of catch you when you're starting to slide into unhealthy thinking, to remind you in a really quick and concise way to bring it back to yourself. So as you know, if you've listened to my previous podcasts, I am a recovered alcoholic. However, my main healing and focus is in Al-Anon. And the Al-Anon story comes from having lives that are complicated generally by somebody in your life who's a qualifier, who is an addict. But the truth is we've all been profoundly affected by dysfunction. And so for me, I use the qualifier as a dysfunctional relationship instead of it just being alcohol. So I'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about the slogans. But I've used the slogans in my life to really provide myself with simple tools to keep me going and to keep me focused on myself. So I'm going to be reading out of the Al-Anon book called How Al-Anon Works for Families and Friends of Alcoholics. And starting on page 65, they start talking about the AA and Al-Anon slogans. Again, I'm coming from the uh, Al-Anon perspective. And the slogans serve as a gentle, calm reminder that we can deal with things, that we can have healing, that we can have happiness, that there is no situation that we can't improve with dealing with ourselves and turning the attention to ourselves and how we deal with it and our attitude. So I'm just going to read right out of the book and then talk more about it. 
similarly to my detachment podcast and just for tonight podcast as well, if you're looking for more of the Al-Anon tools. So the first tool and the first slogan that they have in the book is called Keep It Simple. Keep it simple. And I'm just going to read right out of the book to start. When coping with the baffling and often overwhelming effects of alcoholism, the simpler and more straightforward approach, the better. The slogan, keep it simple, makes just that point. When life seems unmanageable or confusing, many of us unknowingly complicate matters even further by trying to anticipate everything that could go wrong so that they will be prepared to respond. I can relate to this so much. This slogan reminds us that we cannot control every possible outcome to every situation and that trying to do so makes our lives more difficult and more stressful than they already are. I can totally remember so many times in my life where there had been a history or patterns of things being stressful. So as I've said before, my one of my main issues was that my husband and I, we fought all the time about the kids and that I had a very different perspective of how I thought that our parenting should be than what he thought the parenting should be. As you've heard in other podcasts, I came from a very unique Buddhist hippie upbringing, and he came from a more traditional upbringing. And I really wasn't as into rules, maybe as he was. And as we started to fight and bicker, the more that I became controlling in trying to turn things around to be what I thought was gonna, was a better, quote unquote, better way. And so when I think about how the keeping it simple was not what I did because I was already trying to manipulate every situation before the situation even happened. Before I even knew what was going to happen, I already was there trying to make it more complicated. And that made it so much harder, you know, that I was forcing solutions. I was forcing solutions instead of just keeping it simple and just waiting to sort of see what was going to come out of it. And then it read to continue reading. It says, when we keep it simple, we try to take things at face value, looking at actually what's happening rather than the 50 things that might or might not follow. Perhaps we can approach large projects and challenges slowly, step by step, instead of jumping ahead, right? In manageable stages rather than all at once. Sometimes we must act with haste, but not every new task or unexpected event is a crisis. Our initial fearful responses may arise more from habit than necessity. How many times did I just react instead of respond? That I had a way that I thought that things would go and that in my mind, I was already deciding that it was going to be like that instead of just allowing it to happen and having the habit be the one that took over. I didn't have the ability like I do now to just pause, observe the situation and let it move forward from there. Reading on, it says, in time, we learn that if we're feeling paralyzed and overwhelmed, 
we may be complicating matters or taking more on than we can handle for this moment, for this day, and that we may have better luck by simplifying what we're trying to accomplish. How many of us take on too much, say yes to too many things, think that we are the ones that have to take care of everything, whether you're planning a party or going on a trip, that we think that we're the ones that have to make sure every single little detail is done. Reading on, it says we can relax and try to be more gentle with ourselves, trusting that by putting one foot in front of the other, we will eventually get where we're going. It reminds me again about the importance of just being in the moment and that we can get so caught up in thinking way far ahead and being in the past of what was before that we actually forget to keep it simple and just be right here, right now, one step at a time. The next slogan is, but for the grace of God. And reading, it says this slogan an abbreviated version of, quote, there, but for the grace of God, go I, end quote, is a reminder to approach other people with compassion. Many of us have long since become impatient, critical, and resentful of those around us, especially the alcoholics or dysfunctional people in our lives. But when other people's attitudes and actions bother us, we can remember that were it not for the grace of our higher power, we could easily be in their shoes. We cannot truly know what others are struggling with, nor is it our job to punish them for any suffering we feel they may have caused. Vindictiveness, vengeance, resentment, blame, and hard, hard heartedness do us far more harm than anyone else. Is this what we want to put our energy into cultivating? Perhaps we might find a more positive use for our time finding gratitude for the blessings we have received and recognizing that every single human being, even those suffering from alcoholism or dysfunction, is doing the best that they can. I hear this a lot, but for the grace of God. And sometimes I have to remember how far I've come in these last years and I recently was driving and I saw a couple walking on the street and they were clearly arguing and my heart just ached for them because I remember how every single day in my household, my husband and I bickered or argued about something. And it was just this undercurrent of unhappiness. And when I look at what my life is like now and the work that I've done on myself in particular about letting go of the pieces of myself that were not keeping it simple, that were trying to fix things that were controlling, that was using alcohol to cover my feelings. I realized that my connection with my higher power is the source of my happiness And yet I can't make any judgment on anybody else in their story or their journey because their go for the grace of God, go I. What if I hadn't made this decision? What if I hadn't done this work? I would still be the couple on the street bickering or I wouldn't currently be married. 
And we can look at other people. We can look at homeless people begging on the street, or we can look at situations where we are irritable and impatient. And what is it that we're irritable and impatient with? We're irritable and impatient because they are different than us. They're not as elevated as us, maybe. They haven't done as well as us. All of those things, the fact that we have these lives, that if there's any realization of the goodness that we have in our lives, we only can have gratitude and be eternally grateful for that and wonder how we can help. How can we be of service in a healthy way? What can we do to better their life in a healthy way? And sometimes that means you do nothing. Sometimes it means you just have an open heart. We don't know what other people are struggling with. And to punish somebody else for what they you think that they may have done to you, as it says, it only puts poison on ourselves. Holding those resentments and that anger doesn't better your health, your mental health, your attitude. And then that judgment that we have on other people holds us back, keeps us from being able to really move forward in our own spiritual journey. The next one is on, in the book is Easy Does It. And it reads, Al-Anon's suggested welcome explains that without spiritual help of our program, many of us try to force solutions When our efforts to overcome another's alcoholism or dysfunction, again, get us nowhere, we resolve to try even harder. When we are impatient for an answer and no answer comes, we take action at random just to feel we're doing something. When the square peg fails to fit in the round hole, we refuse to give up and we try to force it in place. Oh my goodness, I... (laughs) I was the queen of feeling like if I wasn't doing something, it meant that I wasn't loving them. That if I saw my child struggle and I, it was my job to fix it, to force it to be different. And that if I wasn't doing something, it meant that I didn't care. We often mistake the doing something for love that if I just sit back and do nothing, that that means that I don't care. But that's not true. Sometimes we're just letting life take its course. We're letting spirit work. We're letting other people make decisions. And the forcing the answers, forcing solutions, pushing that peg into the wrong sized hole only creates frustration for ourselves. So reading on, it says, as a result, our frustration mounts Our anxiety increases, yes. We feel like failures. And now we vow to try even harder. So our first time in recovery, my husband and I both times have quit at the same time. And the first time we started an AA together and then his going to meetings fell off, but I continued going to meetings. And I remember my obsession with trying to force him to do the recovery that I thought he needed to do and how much frustration I had and how much anxiety I had. Are you coming to a meeting with me? Are you going to do this? Are you, are you coming? What are you doing? Are you getting, what happened to your sponsor? Are you reading the book? 
And when I was doing those things, what I wasn't doing is I wasn't doing them for myself. I wasn't then going to meetings for me. I was going to a meeting so I could make him go to a meeting. And the more I tried, the more resistance he had. And I was so frustrated and I had so much anxiety. And then I felt like a failure when he wasn't doing the work. And the truth was, if I look at myself and I'm honest, I didn't do my work the way that I should have done my work that first time either. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone back out. I wouldn't have had a relapse. And it says here, in short, our thinking becomes distorted. It does. When we're obsessed with trying to force solutions, we become distorted in our thinking. It says with this slogan, easy does it. Al-Anon suggests a simple alternative to this destructive and frustrating pattern. Sometimes even doing nothing can be far more productive. What I have found in my recovery is the more that I've kept my mouth shut, the more that I have stopped thinking that I need to have an answer for every single thing or that I have to comment on every single thing or that I'm responsible or in charge of every single thing. And I have started doing a lot more nothing. Beauty has come. Solutions have come. Things that I never thought would happen have happened. The relationship with my husband and my son on its own is finding its way to healing. And it is not by my work that it's happening. I get choked up thinking about it. Because there was so much sadness around that relationship. For me, for so many years, for them, for so many years. And the truth is, I spent a lot of time trying to force solutions in this father-son relationship. And in these last three years, there's been interesting things that have happened. And part of that is that I've just gotten out of the way and decided that I need to do more of nothing and allow it to run its own course and spend more time being connected with my relationship with my children instead of what I think my husband's relationship with my children should be with his children. So as I have tears that come to my eyes, they come because my heart knows that higher power has this and that our soul's journeys are so complicated And we think that it's not supposed to have hardship. I'm not entirely sure where that story comes from, where that fairy tale comes from. All of history shows that being a human being means that there's heartache and frustration and difficulty. But the successes come when we co-create with spirit and with higher power and have respect for the people around us and love and compassion, and we stop trying to force our way into other people's lives. And when we do that, beauty happens. 
love, connection, creativity, energy. And so doing nothing has become my standard. What is mine to do? I ask every day to God, what is mine to do? And what I learn is that what's mine to do is much narrower than I thought it was before. That mine to do is really about me. And that there are moments and times when it interacts with other people, but it comes from a different place. So reading on, it says, we've tried doing things the hard way. The slogans remind us that while hard doesn't do it, easy often does it. We may not have all the answers today. This is not a failure, only a reality. It's not our job to solve every problem. Perhaps we're expecting too much of ourselves or others. In fact, we may not know everything we need to know for this day. The older I get, the more I realize I know less and less and less. And I used to think I had to have an answer for everything, that if I didn't have an answer, that it meant that I was stupid or that it meant that I was inadequate. And so I'd almost rather make something up. And my best friend and I, a couple of years ago in our recovery, started to observe this thing where you think that you have to know all the answers, that you, it's your job to solve every problem, that we have to know everything today and going forward. And we used to joke that we had a safe word if we were in a situation where one of us didn't feel safe and we needed to leave or or something. Our, and our safety word was pineapple, right? So if we were out and it was not going well, you could just mention pineapple and the other person knew that that's when you kind of rounded it up and swooped up. And I don't know where we came up with the word pinochle, but what came up with the word pinochle to mean that we're just making shit up. That we're just trying to A, fill a space that we think that we're supposed to fill with an answer or that someone asks you a question and, and you don't want to sound like you don't know. So you just make something up or how somebody else feels or what's going on with somebody else. The more I've observed the pinnacle, the more I realize that I thought that I had to know everything and I know nothing. The whole world's a pinnacle. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why this is like this. I don't know how this works. I don't have to. I don't have to know. All I need to know is to be present in myself in this moment, to take a deep breath, to know I can't and don't have to solve every single thing. And then if I don't know the answer, all I have to say is, I don't know. I'm not sure. I can find out for you if it's something you're supposed to find out. And even at work where I thought that if I didn't know, it meant that I, was, I wasn't capable. What it shows is that I'm vulnerable, that I'm willing to not know, that we can figure it out together. And that feels entirely different. Feels entirely different. So reading on, it says, if and when the time is right, more will be revealed right? I mean, how does that happen in our lives where you just sit back and you just kind of watch the world be revealed? The answers will come. What is the next step? Take it easy. What's the next step? Just do this next step. And then the next step is revealed to us. 
Easy does it reminds us that a gentler approach might make a tough situation much more bearable. Or maybe we're trying to take something on that's not our responsibility. Raise your hand. Me totally used to take on stuff that was not my responsibility all the time, all the time. Struggling harder will only make things more difficult. But if we adopt a kinder, more relaxed attitude, we may be able to see the situation more clearly and act more appropriately. So those three slogans will be our first slogans that we're going over. Keep it simple, but for the grace of God, and easy does it. Just a reminder that we don't have to know everything. We don't have to force solutions. We can just keep it simple. We can find compassion for other people. We don't have to fix or solve everything for everybody else. And the more that we observe those feelings that we have, that we feel like we need to do that, the more you realize how that feeling is what's causing your discomfort and your anxiety and your resentment. And so just to step back and breathe and pray and ask for a solution that doesn't come from our brains, that comes from the heart And the heart is directly connected to your higher power. To allow people to be themselves and to turn the pointing finger back to ourselves. If it's not working out the way that we think it should work out, generally we can turn the attention to us and what our expectations are of this situation, of how we think it should go, and remind ourselves to keep it simple. Easy does it, but for the grace of God. Three little tools, more to come. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching or spiritual counseling sessions, read the blog, listen to her music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage. We hope you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become part of our transformation community. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.